Podcasting from a sex writing cave somewhere in the middle of the internet, this is The Smut Lancer Show, a weekly podcast where we discuss writing about sex and getting paid to do it. The Smut Lancer Podcast is hosted by Kayla Lords and Molly Moore, two sex bloggers who have more ideas than they have time in the day. If this is your first time listening, glad to have you. If you're back for another week, welcome back. The Smut Lancer Podcast is produced weekly, except during those times when we finally admit we need a mini vacation. Show notes are found at thesmutlancer.com. When you're ready to take your smut lancing career to a new level, join the Smut Lancers community on Patreon. For as little as $5 per month, you can ask questions, get answers, and interact with both Molly and Kayla and an entire community of other people who create content about sex and want to get paid to do it. Head over to patreon.com slash thesmutlancers. That's patreon.com slash thesmutlancers to learn more. here we are smart lancer podcast episode we don't know no kayla just me well not just me actually because it's me and my partner michael knight because i thought it would be a really good idea for us to do the session that we did at eroticon this year um which was called how to look at your blog with a critical eye So this is what we're going to talk about today. It's going to be a kind of overview of that session that we gave at Eroticon. Um, And so I should welcome my partner, Michael, before I carry on. Hey. Hello. How are you today? (laughs) It's not like we don't sit next to each other. We have to sound like I've just walked into the room after a long journey from far away. Well, no, but okay. You're, You're like... You're here anyway. That's that's all that matters. You're here and we get to listen to what you have to say. So thank you for joining in with this game. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad to be able to contribute to the fantastic Smutlancer duo of Molly and Kayla. <laughs> so what we, what we, she announced the title and of what we gave at Eroticon. This will be a kind of a taster version of that because... We're not going to talk for quite as long as we do at Eroticon, but the kind of tagline for that is sometimes you can't see the forest for the trees. Uh, And since you look at your blog um, differently than most people do, you kind of see it every day, but you don't because you probably don't look at your homepage every single day. You just log in and do your post and you assume everything else is working just fine unless somebody tells you otherwise. And so it's really easy to miss the things where you maybe should make a change or you should certainly review how you've been doing things so far. Yeah, and even sometimes you can go and have a look around at your blog and maybe even find something that's broken. And, I mean, I've certainly had people come and say to me, do you know that so-and-so's, like, not working? Or, I mean, I've definitely had that where people have said to me, did you know the search isn't working and stuff like that? So if you don't play around with your blog as a reader, then often you can miss things like that. And often readers are really bad at telling you that stuff's broken as well. So you can't rely on them either. So, yeah, this is... Having a look at your blog with a critical eye is about um, trying to look at it perhaps a little bit more rather than as the author, as someone else. And so if like, what would you say could be made better? What should be different? What are you missing? What are you not making the best of? What are you not utilizing very well? So. 
Well, uh, start with uh, design elements, the things that make up your blog, your front page. You know, things like uh, menus, uh, sidebars, widgets, uh, all those little detail things that you've done to make what you think is an absolutely perfect website, and perhaps it is, or perhaps it was and has gone a little out of date. So the first thing you have to think about is what is critical, both to you, but more importantly to the people who come and read, because if they don't like it, they're not going to come back. So you have to really start with what is the most important things for the, your site. Right. So take a step back and kind of start right at the beginning. How does it look really at the basic core of it? Are you happy with the things like the colors, um, the perhaps the heading at the top? Is there... Um, you know, space for an image. Does the image fit in that space? I see quite a lot of blogs where you've put an image to display in that kind of header space, but it looks weird. It's stretched out of shape. That's simply because you haven't put in, the theme wants you to put in an image of a specific dimension. And so all you need to do is go and look at what they want that specific dimension to be, resize the image and suddenly that image will look exactly right rather than kind of stretched and warped out of shape things like font all those kinds of things um are they easily readable all stuff like that is really important and to look at your one of the tricks is to look at your blog on different devices so does your blog look good and is it easy to find stuff? It's not just about looking good, that's really important, but can you find stuff on all different devices? So does it render really well on a mobile? Does it render really well on a de desktop? Does it render well on an iPad? Because often they will look um, different, in, or they will look different in all of those. And sometimes you can be like, oh, it's actually a bit broken in the mobile version, like images are overlapping or stuff like that. So. That's a way of finding out those things. And regularly, I would say at least once a month, you want to try and do that. Clearly, perhaps many of you don't have access to multiple different devices. So use your friends. Ask people, say, hey, do you have a you know tablet of some kind? Could you look at my blog on me and tell me if it looks okay? So do that on a semi-regular basis. Um, and a, a little more on the content. When... <laughs> you're on your homepage, a place where a fair number of new readers are going to land. Your old readers are probably going to only very seldomly look at your homepage because they're going to follow a link through a subscription or Twitter or however you're doing that. But new readers are more likely to find you and look at your homepage. And you want your content well represented there. Uh, there are a lot of blog designs that show a minimal amount of content. So you want to do things that kind of enhance that. An example we use all the time is we use a random post widget on Molly's homepage and in the sidebar to present random content that is only random in that we limit to what categories it selects from. So, you know, contests and things like that don't show up months or years after they've ended. Um, but it gives people a place to stay longer. They've read something. They like it. They're looking around, what else can I do? Ah, there's this little widget here with a little picture and a title and a reason to read on because you want people to stay as long as possible and content makes that happen. And 
that's actually a really important thing about getting people to stay because you've done all this work to get them to come in the first place you've done some good seo you're active on twitter or other social media so people are coming so your next goal should be to make them stay and to make them stay you have to provide stuff for them to do basically but you also have to make it easy because people are very mostly lazy the reader reader is mostly lazy and if it's at all difficult to find content they will just click away and go somewhere else they won't bother to do anything else if you make it difficult for them and so one of the things i've seen on quite a few blogs is that if you go to the home page there's no like back button to go or to find like or to find a blog page or so you literally get shown what's on the home page which maybe is like the most four or five recent posts and perhaps some stuff in the sidebar but you can only click on those four or five posts like there's no there's doesn't there's no way of going back through it so that's something definitely to look out for like can you find the content really really easily and are you spoon feeding it to the reader that's the thing when they come and they read a post is there something on that page on that post that makes them stay that makes them click to another post to something else about you because if not you're absolutely missing a trick um i'm gonna i'm gonna start this but uh, to be honest i'm molly's going to run with this because this is her forte um one of the things that we believe is most important in getting people uh, to come to your blog and stay on your blog is for them to get to know you because that's what people really are interested in. Yes, they want to read about your experiences or your stories, but they want to know you. And oftentimes background information really helps with that. Uh, so you don't have to say my name is this and I was born on this day and I live at this address with my three squirrels and two crickets. You uh, but when it'll give them some detail, it's that makes makes you interesting to people, and they want to know that. And Molly has written extensively on this topic. Yeah, so I will. There'll be a link in the show notes to the post that I've written about about me pages, but they are really important, particularly if presumably if you are listening to this uh, podcast, then you are interested in being a smut lancer. Uh, and making money from the work that you do and so an about me page is really important not just for your readers but potentially for anybody who comes to your blog who might be interested in working with you and if they come to your blog and literally all they get in the well the worst case scenario is that they get a page that says this is an example of a wordpress page they're just going to leave again Um, particularly like companies who might be interested in working with you are probably going to see that and leave um, so yeah, about me pages, really, really important. People do click on them and companies definitely do go and have a look and will read those. Um, you also might want to think about having a work with me page as well. Um, that's up to you. You can definitely combine it into your about me page. They don't necessarily have to be separate, but kind of that's a design thing and maybe depends on how much you feel you have to say in each category. If it's a lot, you might want to split them up. So archives and categories of talking about content and past content are, are absolutely critical to have and display. Many people don't do it. I'm not exactly sure why. But to find old and related content, uh, these are really the best way to do it. And again, you get people to stay. 
Uh, it's a simple, easy widget to add. And it brings me to my next point. You are, of course, categorizing all your posts, right? They don't, they don't all say uncategorized or, or almost as bad blog because that's not helpful. Um, and so you, it's like going to the library and, you know, everything was labeled books. He'd be like, well, that was helpful. Thank you very much for that. So categories as well. Uh, this is how I described it just recently to someone. Your blog name, in my case, mollysdailykiss.com, is the town that you live in. That's your town. Here's my town. My town is mollysdailykiss.com. The categories in my blog are the street names that you will find in my town. So as you wander around my town, you will find the things, the overarching categories that I read about. And the tags are then kind of the houses along those streets. So for example, I have a category that's tag, that's a category that is impact play. But then tags I would use relevant to that would be things like flogging, spanking, um, my brain has gone blank. What else is impact play? Paddles, crops. So they're in the tags. So they like to tell you if you go into here, you're going to get very, you're going to get posts that are very much focused just on flogging or just on a paddle type thing. So think if you think of it like that, that's how you should use yours. You have your the name of your town, and then the categories are the streets that make up your town, and the tags are the buildings along those streets. Let's talk about search, right? Because maybe you want to find something specific and it's not tagged or categorized. Um, search is, well, that's what most people do. Most people don't even bother to type in URLs anymore when they go that. They simply go to Google, type in Molly's Daily Kiss or wherever, or Smutlancer, and find what they're looking for because they're, I don't have we said this? They're lazy. Right. <laughs> I think we might have mentioned it. And so that's where tagging and categorization comes becomes really important because otherwise it has to just kind of search through what it knows about your content and you don't have it labeled. Searching makes those results better for the reader, makes them more likely to stay. Okay, so other things that you should absolutely have on your blog, your social media should be linked on your blog. So it doesn't matter what your social media is. You don't feel like you have to use all of them. But if you are on Twitter, then that should be linked on your social media. It helps people to find you in both places. So they come to your blog and they're like, oh, I really like this. I'm going to follow them on Twitter. And of course, when they follow you on Twitter, actually, that's just a big feedback loop for them eventually to come back to your blog because now they're following you on Twitter and you tweet about your blog. And so you just bring them back. Also, though, it, companies want to see that. If they're going to work with you, they want to click on those links and see, oh, okay, so they have an active Twitter account. They have a Facebook page. They have an active Instagram account with X amount of followers. Those things are, are the type of things that companies look to see kind of what's happening with you in the wider sense, not just necessarily your blog. So absolutely your social media should be linked on your blog in multiple places. So it should be on definitely on a blog post, should always be able to, but on your homepage too, and you know, wherever other, if there are other, like you have other 
um, popular pages usually most themes if you like say put it on pages then it will be all in the same place but you know header footer wherever it goes put it in you can't I mean you can have it too much but it's tough it's yeah you'd have to really work hard at that um, I'm going to talk about the boring one here because it's a contact form and nobody thinks contact forms are important but if you want somebody to give you money yeah. they need a way to get in touch with you and you probably well you absolutely should not put your email address in plain text anywhere on your site because scammers will get it and you'll get lots of spam so the contact forms the easiest way to do that you'll still get spam but not nearly so much and you could possibly get somebody to write to you and uh, offering you tons of money. Wouldn't that be nice? Um, so, and it's blindingly easy to do on WordPress. You just go to the page and just hit add contact form and away you go. And virtually all the contacts I get from people who want to work with me come through my contact form. Like I would say 90 plus percent of that comes through my contact form. So um, images are uh, very important. Um, and there was a recent discussion on Twitter about people who don't use images because they're just writers and they don't want to be bothered to have to source ethically uh, produced images. So don't obviously don't take anybody else's image without permission. Uh, always credit them even if they do give you permission. Um, but frankly, the sad truth is, is that we are of visually attracted individuals. We tend to engage more when something has a picture with it. And so when you tweet about your blog and you tweet a link, it should automatically provide the picture you've assigned to that post, or at least a default logo for who you are. And that's gonna get more people coming to read your stuff. Now here's the next part about those images because it is a pain in the ass. Because not only do you have to make sure they're ethically sourced, you have to make sure they're not too damn big. And this is one of the most prob common problems I have with clients who take lovely pictures and then upload them kind of straight out of the camera with a really descriptive name like IMG753QR Thursday. And the image doesn't need to be that big. Nobody has a device to look at it that is big enough to show that picture in its true resolution. And what you're doing is chewing up bandwidth between your server and the end user who might be looking at it on mobile data uh, and slowing it all down, and, and that's bad. As a general rule of thumb, um, images shouldn't be any bigger than uh, 1024 pixels by 768 or some aspect ratio thereof, and should always have a descriptive title so that you can find it again if you want to reuse it, so you can search within the dashboard. Um, then there are other tools like TinyPNG to make them smaller yet in file size, not so much image size, that also helps speed things up to get it to the end user. Yeah, the faster your blog goes, the better your traffic will be because there's some really quite interesting and compelling stats um, on that subject but I think if your blog takes longer than two seconds two seconds to look to load you lose 75% of people in that two seconds that's how impatient people are so images can really slow down your load time so optimize them really well make sure they're the right size make sure they've got a title 
um, because Google likes them to have a title as well as you should want them to have a title because otherwise you can never find them again. And also always fill in the alt text because Google gives you a few little Google points for that too because that's how people with a screen reader know what the image looks like. So the alt text should be a good description of the image. So for example, I've just posted my Simple Sunday post this week um, which is a picture of me in a field of poppies and I think the alt text I wrote something along the lines of Molly standing naked with her back to the camera in a field of bright red poppies because that is what will be read out anybody who has a screen reader who is visually impaired will be read out so if you literally just write in the alt text like red poppies or poppy field you the person doesn't really know what that picture is of so it's very important to write a good description in the alt text field um this has kind of gone out of fashion in a lot of people's minds, um, blog rolls. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, I don't uh, think that should be the case because people don't read only your site and you're part of a community, frankly, whether you like it or not, um, because there are lots of other people out there, some of whom are your friends um, uh, or companies you work with. And this is a good place to promote those people. Uh, and promotion of other people, uh, as counterintuitive as that sounds, is a really good thing. Um, however, if, for example, you're a sex toy reviewer and your blog role is nothing but links to other sex toy reviewers, that pretty much is a waste of time. Um, it, that's a small community, a, a small circle. And how many sex toy reviews do your readers need of potentially the same sex toys over and over? Put stuff in the in the blog roll that you enjoy reading, that you go and read. Sure, you can stick your friends in there, but chances are you probably read them anyway. But really stuff that's maybe a little different that you, you know, it doesn't even have to be sex. Uh, it could be whatever happens to float your boat that you want to put in there. And that's good because often those times those people will link back to you or other people will link back to you. And it starts... Uh, you know, as a saying, uh, a rising tide lifts all boats. And the more traffic you get, and the more traffic they get, the more traffic everybody gets, and the more attention this community gets, and the better the world is for it. And one last thing on blog roll is that you should have a little look at it. I mean, I tend to have a, a note in my diary that I do some of these jobs, depending on whether I, you know, like monthly or in this case, probably a couple of times a year is that I just go and have a quick look at my blog roll, make sure that all the people that are on it are still active, because I've certainly had that happen, um, you know, where somebody has taken their blog down that I've had on my blog roll, make sure that all the links are still correct, and that it's still reflective of who I read or who I would recommend my readers to go and read. So I changed mine probably about a month ago, uh, where I updated, took a couple of people off who had kind of, I wouldn't say they've stopped blogging, but they, I mean, their blog's are there, but it's fairly inactive. And so I feel like I don't actually go and read them very often because they haven't really updated any content. So I took them out and I put into new people who I've been reading a lot lately. So I would urge you to do that on a semi-regular basis. Um, you have picked out a theme. That's not the one that a WordPress standard WordPress install comes with, one would hope. 
and all of them have different spaces for different things, widgets, headers, images, ads, all kinds of things. Make sure you're using those uh, and using them well because it could be excellent real estate. Don't get over busy. Don't be too sparse. You got to find that middle ground and see where things work. And you can try different spaces for the same things that you maybe have been keeping in your footer where you go, you know, it doesn't seem like this gets much action. Maybe if I move them into the sidebar or, oh, look, here's this header widget space I haven't used. Let me try that. So don't be afraid to experiment and make changes and kind of test as you go with what works because you can always put it back. Yeah, and just a little brief note on sidebars. They are valuable, valuable real estate where you have an opportunity to sell more of your content to the reader. So use your sidebar well. Yes, there should be links to the outside world. So for example, your blog roll is there, but that probably shouldn't be right at the top of your sidebar. Um, things like a random um, post widget, something like that, I would recommend being at the top of your sidebar. It shouldn't be recent posts. Because if it's recent posts, all you're doing is duplicating the posts that show on the home page or in your blog feed in the sidebar because they're the ones that show first anyway. So if you don't want to do a random one, do it by categories and change it regularly so that it shows, you know, the most recent um, posts about anal, whatever, your most recent fiction posts. And then change that up regularly. Because if it doesn't change, people who come to your blog regularly never see anything new. I get so much click from the random post generator. Because even people who have been reading my blog for a long time can come to a new blog post, which they found on Twitter or because they subscribe to me. And in the sidebar is a link and an image to a post that even though they've been reading me for X number of years, they're like... I don't think I've ever read that or I don't remember seeing that picture before and they click and they look at that and every time they click and go to a new post in the sidebar is another new post so every single time it generates another new one and so then people are like oh and another one oh and another one so yeah my top tip is the old random post generator widget thingy so our our last bit here as we as we bring this to the finish line since we've yacked on for so long, is uh, what's the point of your blog? And, and when I say that, I, I don't mean to try to constrain anyone because people change over time. And so the point of your blog may change over time. You might have started out as a fiction writer and now you do sex toy reviews or whatever. Uh, and that's okay. You, you certainly can change. Just know what your point is. Know why your readers are coming so that you can... Um, Say the things that you want to say that are going to resonate with the people that are coming. And don't feel like you have to narrow yourself either. You can totally be a fiction blogger who does sex story reviews or a reviewer who does um, fiction or, you know, a reviewer who also writes about their about kink and their mental health. Or So you can absolutely... Uh, and you can always add in something new. You can be like, actually, this thing changed in my life. You know, now, I don't know, I was in a um, poly relationship, but actually now I'm in a monogamous relationship. And so I wanted to write a whole load of posts about monogamy. That's, you know, absolutely do that. 
but just have an idea in your head. Like, you should know that. You should be like, actually, this thing's changed and I'm going to introduce this subject and I'm going to write a series of posts that kind of connect to it. So have a bit of an idea, but also don't let it completely constrain you to trying new things and expanding what you're doing and how you're doing it. And also, it's an important question is, are you trying to make money? Now, I'm going to guess that you're here through the smut lancer. <laughs> the answer to that is yes, and we can move on. But it doesn't have to be all about that. It doesn't all have to be affiliate links or sponsored posts or those kinds of things. It can be a mix of that where, for example, as Molly, it was started as a way to uh, help her write more consistently. And then the money thing came along just through the natural course of the time and evolution of the web, and here we are now. Yeah, and I make most of my money not directly from my blog, actually, from other people employing me to do stuff on their sites and um, stuff like that. But my blog has allowed me to build up a reputation where people know me, they can see my work, and then they're like, oh, can you write for us? So you might not be making money and don't feel like you have to make money directly from your blog, but your blog is probably an advertisement for you as somebody that people could employ for whatever it is that they're looking for. So have an idea about those kinds of things. And our last point would be, what's your niche? What is your specialty, your thing that you talk about the most? And when I say that, it doesn't absolutely doesn't mean that your niche can't be, I talk about sex in general. I don't, you know, or I just, or I just do dating advice with a little bit of sex. The other things can fit into that, but what's the the target for the people that you want to come and read you? Who are you trying to reach with that? And that's that's your niche. If you're uh, in a DDLG, um, you know, kind of little relationship, <laughs> that's the thing that people want to to read about. It can also think about how that fits into perhaps you as your brand. So. I would probably say that my niche or the thing that I'm probably most known for is my photography on my blog and how I use that and weave that in with what I write. So that's kind of a little bit like about my brand as much as my niche. I'm sure Kayla would probably say that her niche is their, you know, DS relationship and the and kink um, that involves around that and obviously that's similar for me too so it can be as much about your brand as about your niche you know what is the thing that you are known for if people say oh what do you think of when you think of x blogger and it might be that it's like somebody would say oh it's their blue hair and the fact that they write about um you know tentacle dildos you know, I always, whenever I think of tentacle dealers, I think of this blogger. Um, so yeah, have a think about that. Like, do you feel like you have a niche? Do you feel like you have a recognizable kind of brand um, that perhaps also is recognizable across various platforms? So for example, my um, avatar on Twitter is the same on like all pretty much on all my social media. So if you see that picture, if you already know me, you're like, oh, look, she's on here too. So having some kind of recognizable branding across the uh, things that you do on the, on the internet is a really, really good thing to have. That's all we have in uh, for this. 
Yeah. So, um, obviously, there's lots more we could talk about here like for a few other weeks. Yeah, so we're going to, I think, come back over the next few months and um, talk about various other subjects. I think we might do one on um, SEO at some point. And um, we had another one we were talking about the other day, and I've forgotten what it was now. So have I. Well, that's good, isn't it? Good. To hope, hopefully, I've written it down somewhere. Um, but um, if you would like, we offer a service where we will um, review your blog for you. So for a fee, we will. You would get both of us, and Michael would do a. Um, Technical review. A technical review, so it would look at like your um, SEO and uh, load speed and uh, whether you're doing things, image size stuff. Right, and so he would then give you a full report on what you could do better and what, um, and will sh- tell you how you can do better. Like not just oh you need to do this with your images, but how you can actually do it. So you know to, he'll look through and go you know what this is what's slowing your blog down. Um, he will give you a full technical report and then I will give you a kind of a report that's basically um, going through a lot of the stuff that we've talked about today. So, you know, can I find old content? How do I think it's laid out? And I will give you advice and recommendations on how you can improve things. And so for a cost, you get both of that. You get them as a written document, but we also do an hour's Skype call with you um, where we give you the feedback of what we've done. So if you are interested in doing that, then get in touch um, with us. You can email me at molly at mollystadykiss.com or you can email him at mdknight with a K at subtlemark.com or you can find us both on Twitter. I'm at mollystadykiss and he is at domsigns. <laughs> Um, and come and have a chat with us and we can sort something out. Also, if there is something specific you would like us to talk about here on the Smut Lancer podcast, either me on my own, if you feel like there's a topic that particularly um, you would like to hear me talk about or something that you would like to hear Michael and I talk about together, then hit us up and let us know because we would like to hear what that is. And while we're here, you should also just briefly talk about your patron i have a patron um where uh people ask me questions all the time and i'm really happy to answer people's technical questions but it does take up a lot of my time and i do have to uh make a little bit of money here and so um my patron is uh, patron.com slash michael knight and i've got uh, bargain levels for a dollar a month you can ask me a question a month uh, and that goes all the way up to $35, where you will get a Skype call, 30-minute Skype call every month. Uh, and my intermediate level of a mere $5 a month gets you a Skype call a year. And all, all of the levels come with question asking and answering. So, yeah, if you are perhaps starting out or even not, then, you know, the, it's, it is a bargain and... Um, he knows a lot of stuff and he's very, very useful. I can absolutely vouch for that. So, hey, we did it. We did manage to do it. That's pretty good. <laughs> Hopefully, we will back, be back with you next month with some other fabulous topic for you to enjoy. But in the meantime, um, yeah, I think we're going to say goodbye. Say goodbye. Say goodbye. Mm-hmm.